on maynard.com.au. AU! Good news, I've got tenure as the village idiot. It's... Bunga Bunga with the deep voice of Jim Ferguson. And me, Maynard. Hiya, Tim. People are running everywhere. <laughs> Hello, how are you? Hi there, I'm good. And you want to tell everybody what I've just ordered? Lentil burger. And how are things at the Fru Fru Cafe today? It's going good. You're here, it's great. Tim, we're here at the Madame Fru Fru Cafe in Glebe Point Road, which some people think is a fictional eatery. We come here for the style, but we stay here for the food, and the coffee is excellent. And as you can hear, the people who serve the food are also excellent. You're out there and you think, is Tim Ferguson really worth the money he gets? He certainly is because Tim walks down the road and everyone just waves at you. Hello, darling. I saw people throwing cash at you. How did you start that, Tim? That's very simple. You just sit in a wheelchair and tilt slightly. Just a little to the left. And all of a sudden, people are giving you everything. I had one man offer me his wife. There's no room on this chair for two. Your fans aren't stingy either. It's all tens and twenties, no fives. I won't take a five. The new $5 note looks like it's been torn in half and put back together by sticky tape. Tim learnt that in his dancer days. He had those dancer dollars coming his way. Yeah. Our food has arrived, so we're just going to have a quick break to have some food. But while we're doing that, why don't you listen to some of the music that Tim used to strip to? Yeah. And we're back. Tim, that was amazing music that you were able to make erotic in your own particular way using only a pole and a butter dish. As the listener would have imagined with the pole and the butter dish, there's a lot of stretching involved to that little tune. You're listening to the voice of Tim Ferguson. Bunga Bunga News. Tim, what's happening in the world of Ferguson and all things Doug Anthony? Well, the Doug Anthony All-Stars couldn't make it to the Perth Comedy Festival due to illness. We will be back, and as soon as we can, we'll return to Perth and the good people of Perth. Your tickets will or have been refunded, but we will be back. It's the risk you take when you buy a ticket to a show that is cast entirely by old men. Do you actually get insurance for a show like that? Does the venue do insurance like that? I mean, how's it work? I suppose you could, and I guess people who bring the Rolling Stones out and put them on at Sydney Entertainment Plaza Forum in Homebush would have some kind of insurance, but it would cost a fortune. No, uh, we fly by the seat of our pants. If anybody's going to lose money, we are. Should we send get well cards to anyone in particular? No, no, just send money. Send <laughs> money now. I'm sitting at a slight tilt. Send me money, not $5 notes. We uh, were able to get President Bush and President Clinton together to do a plug for the appeal that has been launched for the Doug Anthony All-Stars. You don't need blankets or water. They'll tell you what you really need. And it's over to them. I'm pleased that President George W. Bush and President Bill Clinton have agreed to lead a major fundraising effort. I want to thank both of you. That money will go to organizations on the ground who will be able to effectively spend it. I know a lot of people want to send blankets or water. Just send your cash. One of the things that President and I will do is to 
make sure your money is spent wisely. It's amazing that they were able to get together and considering the animosity between the two of them, get together and, and do that plug for you to get some cash last week. Thanks for the help. What is your next live show? We are coming to Newcastle oh, hey. soon. Look it up on the Google machine. People email me saying where and what time and how much will it cost? Use the Google machine. The Google machine for Christ's sake. We will be in Newcastle and there will be a reckoning. That's at the Civic Theatre too and it's a great Great show. I was there last time you guys did that. There's a great backstage area. There's a lot of room. And just before the show, before the audience comes in, Paul's usually pacing around, talking on his mobile phone. You'll see Mr Livingston doing his articulations in front of the mirror. And you're normally flat on your back having a relaxation or an injection of some sort, aren't you? Yeah, and jerking off. I like that before a show. Otherwise, my head is full of just nonsense. It clears the mind, and it's great to have friends around me who don't mind that going on. I just say it's a symptom of MS, but you, dear listener, know what I'm talking about. Just remember that when you see Tim come out on stage in Newcastle. I've done some work on the Easy Beats movie. I had a good one on The Fighting Season 2, which is being made by Foxtel about PTSD and returned servicemen. I had the pivotal role of guy who walked out of building and walked back into building, Tim. It's very difficult. You might be thinking, oh, I could do that. But could you do that perfectly naturally? Perfectly naturally. They have a class at NIDA that comes back again and again, which is stand at a bus stop and do nothing, but do it for five minutes with everybody in the class watching you and judging you. It's not that easy to do nothing. Robert Redford was a master. And if ever you have to do a movie where you're supposed to be doing nothing, do what Robert Redford did. He spelt in his mind Coca-Cola forwards and then he would spell it backwards and he'd do it again and again. So when he's walking down the street, he seems to be idly thinking about something that's not all that important. And that's what he's doing. This is also what models are actually very good at. You think, oh, they've got a very vacant, blank stare on their face. And yes, some of them have that naturally, much like Don Adams was able to do that. But to make your mind go blank while you're walking down that catwalk and get everything right is a skill of a kind. You have to be a model and you've got to dampen down your thoughts of how good looking you are. Most of all, you've got to stop that little squeaking of your thighs. Got to stop that. So concentrate on that and your face will go blank. Bunga, bunga. bunga. <laughs> and this is Bunga Bunga 36. Who would have thought back in 1842 when we started this that we would have had 36 shows going? The podcast they tried to stop back then and they did quite successfully up until 2010. Have a look at Tim's great new daily column he's got, Fake News You Can Trust. The fake news you can trust on thenewdaily.com. And it's not left-wing, it's not right-wing. In fact, it's got no wings, so it just sort of sits there and rolls around. Go there, fake news you can trust. Tim has even appropriated the slogan from Fox News. Tim's slogan is, Tim reports, Tim decides. That's right. Let's open the crank mail now. Crank mail, crank mail, crank mail. Tim, what little uh, urinary noise is that? Ah, yes. The reason why it sounds very light is it's actually quite a sneaky wee. Scott Morrison, the treasurer, is actually peeing into the Prime Minister for the moment's beer in a way to throw him off his balance even further. Let's have another listen. See, you can hear the sneakiness, can't you? You can hear that. In the ending of the stream, that's where the sneakiness is. 
He'll never know. And of course he didn't. It was quite a funny party. Let's have a little read of some of the crank mail that's come in over the past week. We'll start with Grant McCarran. He wants to know, will any politician, he's from Adelaide too, will any politician ever have the balls to remove negative gearing? Now in Australia, that's where you can claim just about everything, including clothing and breathing or anything, because you rent a house out to someone. It's a very good question. Well, Bill Shorten from the Labor Party says he's going to remove negative gearing, but I'm sure he may renege at some stage. It's very difficult, because you're up against all those upper middle class people who have several properties. They're rich. Everybody wants to suck up to the rich. Crank mail! Peter Young from regional New South Wales, what a guy. He doesn't care about frivolous issues like negative gearing. He asks us, do you think there are enough Bross fans in Sydney to fill an arena in November? There are too many Bross fans in Sydney. Let's face it, they're everywhere. A lot of them pretend they're not Bross fans, but you bring out Bross here and it will happen. Homebush will be overflowing. When will I be famous? That's a great track, particularly in the middle where they do that sort of a three, four thing. That's great. When will they be famous? Give Bross a chance. One of the other great songs John Lennon sang. Oh, hang on a minute. Here's trouble. Sir Daryl Adams has sent us a question. Wow. Daryl, be nice. Whatever it is, be nice. Be nice. Oh, no, no hope of that. Sir Daryl Adams wants to know, am I getting my money's worth on Patreon or should I spend the money on LSD and creaming soda? If you have enough LSD and creaming soda, you'll be putting all your money on the Bunga Bunga Patreon. Don't you worry. We'll be thanking you later, Adam. Yeah, yeah, while you're running around the streets naked, smelling of sticky sugar. Katie Betts has got a question here. It's one for you, Tim. We're talking Star Wars A New Hope. She's a classical musician. Clue me in again. Which one is A New Hope? That's the very first Star oh, Wars film that right. was made, episode four. See, because I thought oh, I hadn't seen that one, but they've renamed it. As you know, I stopped watching Star Wars after they had that Snuffleupagus character in there. You know the one. Well, uh, gee, uh... Look, uh, no sense in hanging around here. Why don't we go back to my nest? Maybe we'll play a little game or something. Okay. Oh, yeah, Snuffleupagus is very... Jar Jar Binks. Lisa called Jar Jar Binks. Oh, yeah, Jar Jar Binks. A very difficult character. Too many layers, too confusing. They were trying too hard to make that character tortured and yet lovable. The ability to speak does not make you intelligent. Katie Betts wants to know, is it just me or does the third movement of Tchaikovsky's Sixth Symphony remind anyone else of the throne room music? Well, let's have a listen. Let's have a listen to the other one. They both have the melodramatic emotion that John Williams brings to things and maybe a hint of that marching kind of rhythm, albeit subdued. But oh, they're not even in the same key, they're not even using the same violins. Totally different people played them. Well, here's Katie's problem. She says that when she plays the Tchaikovsky Sixth Symphony, she can't help but think of Harrison Ford in those boots, that jacket and that white shirt. Well, then get your mind back on the job, Katie. That's the thing, get your mind on the job. Come on, you've got, to, you've got violins to play. Someone's paying for this noise.
sure we've answered none of your questions there. If you feel we've answered your questions, send a letter of complaint to Bunga Bunga. Shell Lancaster, Eurovision, did you watch? No, I didn't, because I think we, we reached peak Eurovision with Lorde when the fin- Finnish act won, the heavy metal act. I thought, really, there's no point in watching Eurovision ever again after that. The real star is the guy who went global instantly and viral, wrapped in an Australian flag, who did a brown eye for the audience. And, and that so, was so disappointing because he wasn't Australian. He was only saying what everyone else was thinking. We couldn't quite hear what it was saying, but it was something like... I just miss Jedward. Hey everyone, it's John. I'm Edward. Edward. And together we are Jedward, and we are an Irish pop duo from Ireland. Cinferella Eva Janes, Shepparton in Victoria. And she wants to know why do silly people consider it to be babysitting when a father takes care of his own kids and and not, not the other way around? Why do you think they say that, Tim? Primal forces. We would like to think that parenting is done by both parents, naturally, and that's perfectly normal. House husbands are looked down upon. It's primal. There's no way we will ever change it. We just have to keep pushing against the pricks. Frank Mail! Sue Weldon wants to know, where is Atlantis, Tim? Well, actually, Atlantis rose again. It's Tasmania. <laughs> if you go around Tasmania, you will find a lot of ancient Greek artefacts. Oh. One of them is a guy called... Can I, man? The great thing about ancient Greece is, thank God it's not around anymore. That many loudmouth, overpaid, smart asses is all we couldn't put up with. Canberra is enough. The Sumerians, they were probably doing comedy. It just wasn't well recorded. And the Samaritans, interestingly, <laughs> provided nothing. They were good. <laughs> they were good. But who remembers somebody that was good? It's Peter the Great we remember. What is an actual ancient Greek joke? A guy goes to a soothsayer and the soothsayer puts the cards on the table, read the cards and says to the guy, I see you will have no children. And the guy says, oh, come on, that's bull twang. I've got eight kids. And the soothsayer thinks for a second and says, tell them to be very careful. There's another one. They think it's the oldest joke ever written down which is a ship is sinking and the head of the slaves comes up to the captain and says, please, please, can we get on the rescue boats with you? And the captain says, no, but I'm putting you in my will. That's like a 2,000-year-old joke. Dark one, too. It's pretty dark. I defy the ABC to put that into Rosehaven. There's a good one that was about Abderites, which you can translate to blondes. I'll do it with blondes. There's a blonde standing on one side of a river and there's another blonde standing on the other side of the river. And the first blonde shouts out, hey, how do I get to the other side? And the other blonde shouts back, you are on the other side. Too much. 400 AD. And just before we get into thanking our patrons here, I'd like to point out The Coach. Uh, The Coach is a a right-wing religious podcaster, and he's been out warning parents about the dangers of cropped hair, wide-bottom girls in sport. Let's just have a few words from The Coach. Our two daughters played college softball, and every time I go to the ball games, I keep an eye on my daughters to see if they'd taken the homo bait yet, to see if they'd taken the homo bait yet. And they hadn't because they weren't cropped-haired, wide-bottomed girl. They're pretty girls. The recruiting that goes on, the pressure that goes on to be one of the girls 
Listen to me. Two men laying in bed having sex. Huh? It ain't equal with my wife and I and the covenant of marriage. It ain't equal. Do you understand, folks? It ain't. That ain't equal. Tim has a warning not to take the homo bait. That's a guy who has argued this at many a dinner party and always been shouted down. At last, he's got a microphone. You can hear in his tone saying it for the last time. Good on him. The other thing that craps me off is people who use uh, improvisation comedy. Let's do an improvisation as their own personal uh, therapy or motivation class. You can do anything. Let's do some improvisation. That's fine, so long as you keep it at home. <laughs> you start doing it on stage, it's like, what's the audience now? We're all there to support you. Comedy is best done by people who want to be comedians as opposed to office workers who are doing a personal yeah, workshop. Right. Although there's nothing wrong with them doing that, is there, Tim? Oh, there's nothing wrong with them doing, but again, they're getting in someone's way. Someone got kicked out of the list of people who are going to be on because of this troop of photocopiers. I know you might be thinking that's terrible. Boo! Harsh, Tim, harsh. Somebody has to do the pushing in comedy. Everybody is always doing the bitching, but it's good to jump out in the front and plant a flag. Even if I'm wrong, it doesn't matter. It gets you all talking. But then at the other end, you've got the cast of whose line is it anyway? At people at that level, surely they're not wasting our time. The thing with impro is, as all of those comedians know, you make more of an impact by doing your own stand-up, write your own stuff. It's all very well to be able to do the obvious thing in the moment when someone says, it's the Godfather meets Jaws. Being able to put the two things together and come up with the most obvious combination as quickly as you can, people say is very clever, and it is. But there are other jokes to tell. I know it might sound terrible. My God, Tim Ferguson said a lot of comedians are crap. But dear listener, don't you say that every time you go to an open mic night? Mm-hmm. Huh? It's good to begin, but if you're going to begin, you better keep going. Otherwise, as I said, get out of the pool. Greg Proops. Greg Proops, very funny comic. I'd also recommend Greg Proops' podcast called The Smartest Man in the World. Oh, he is awesome. Greg Proops, I think, still tells a story of when the Doug Anthony All-Stars nearly made the roof of his venue cave in. We were upstairs and we got the entire audience onto the stage. There are a few hundred of them and got them to jump up and down on the stage. It was very dangerous, but we wanted to see what would happen. And Greg said that there was plaster falling from the roof. So we're not sorry about that, Greg, because you've got a story to tell and we have a life to lead. There was a bit of a back and forth with you and me on the texting last night there because, frankly, we're beginning to think that the estate of Adolf Hitler should get some legal advice. They should. Nobody likes Hitler. But there's a thing about fair play that the media should engage in. There was two shows, and what I learned from these two shows, one was actually called Hitler Was a Junkie, and the other one was a one-hour show just saying how much he liked Wagner. So between those two shows, I learned that Hitler liked a lot of Wagner and farted a lot. He farted a hell of a lot. You know, he's a vegetarian, and come on, vegetarians, you know. And if you knew there was a doctor like Dr. Morell, Hitler's doctor, that would just write prescriptions for anything, wouldn't you go to him just occasionally? 
Come on, have some Duramine. Come on. Duramine wasn't around then. They didn't muck about. They just had Pervitin, which was crystal meth that you took in tablet form. No, no, no. Good on your head, love. What a shithead he was. I would recommend the book Blitzed, which is all about the amount of amphetamines the German people took during the Second World War. And are there Hitlers in the phone book? Did everybody change their names afterwards? Because it would be an awkward surname. If you really want people to stop talking to you when you're pregnant at the shop or something like that, people want to engage you in in conversation that you don't really want to have because you're feeling uncomfortable and you're in your third trimester. Someone comes out, oh, I'm thinking of calling, if if it's a boy, it's going to be Adolf. If it's a girl, it's going to be Azaria. That person will stop talking to you. They will. They'll stop talking to you, which is good. As opposed to another plan, I went back through some bunga bungas and I thought, actually, that's a good plan. If you're being stalked by someone or if there's someone who's a bit clingy, the way to get rid of them, our advice was, and it works, is call them repeatedly, email them all the time, hang around their house, tell them how good they look every single day, every time they walk outside, there you are. They're on their way to stalk you and boop, you're there sitting on their car going, hello. They will lose interest very quickly. Preemptive stalking. Yes, stalk the stalker. Um, I've got tickets to go and see and make sure the movie is crap, something they won't want to say. Go and see an Australian drama film. They will lose interest. It might take a couple of years, but just keep working the problem. Got the chance of backfiring. And plus, you've got to go see that movie and be with the stalker. Oh, yeah, that's true. So watch out for that one. The other day, I was actually in a taxi with a person who'd written a film script, and they were saying that your movie Spin Out wasn't very good, and they'd never seen the movie. It's a bit odd that people just can assume things without even seeing the movie and without knowing the process you went through for the funding. It's very important, in fact, if you haven't seen Spin Out, make sure you have an opinion. That way, it's easily popped with the question, have you seen it? So keep that up. But it wasn't aimed at septuagenarian angry taxi drivers at four in the morning. (laughs) The boonga boonga? The boonga boonga. (laughs) The boonga boonga? Boonga boonga. I think it's time we should have a look at what's in Maynard's bug out bag. This week, it's all about the complete destruction of New South Wales, Tim. Oh, the complete destruction. Even Blaney, Blaney would be the final kernel of resistance. Tell us all about it, Maynard. Sue Rosen, who has uh, written a book, Scorched Earth, although she's actually uncovered the book, Scorched Earth. There was a plan put together by Commissioner EHF Swain. There he is, piping it up. Look at that. I would smoke a pipe with that man. The whole plan was, is when the Japanese invaded Australia, just to basically fuck the place up so there's nothing left. Oh, look, there's a lovely picture of what to do in an air raid, Tim. One of them actually standing up. I wouldn't do that. From what I gather, you should dress up as a rockabilly and listen to the radio. And also put a dress on. That'll fool a Japanese. If I was Japan, I would have a sneak attack right now. It's the last thing Australia expects. We've taken all the tank traps down. I would attack from the south. Attack Tasmania, too easy. Take New Zealand, they've got no army apart from the guys who are the orcs in the Lord of the Rings movies. And just slowly move up. Sydney wouldn't protect itself, not if there was an attack in South Sydney. They'd try and sell their houses to the Japanese. Yeah, only North Sydney would be protected. 
I think some coffee's come here. Coffee break music. Hey, it's the old bamboo, the old bamboo. You better never bother with the old bamboo. You can have peanut butter from your bumper too, but you better never bother with the old bamboo. But remember, you heard it here first. If you want to know how to destroy New South Wales and where to hide your tennis nets, they're very concerned that we hide our tennis nets, Tim. Tennis nets? Why? They thought the Japanese would use them for camouflage. How's that tennis court moving around? See, I don't think that'd fool anybody. Right, New South Wales is not going to give up one inch of its tennis nets or its pantomime horse. Right now, from the Madame Frufru Cafe here in Glee Point Road, I think it's time to thank our Patreon supporters, the people who keep the lights on and we need more of them. Howard Lovett. You've got to love it. Grant McCarran from Adelaide. There's nothing funny to say about Adelaide. Rachel Dunlop, Dr. Rachie, who lives in Jackson's Hole. Obviously, I was joking about Adelaide. It's hilarious. <laughs> That's Michael Jackson's Hole. Shell Lancaster and Leonie Lynch. Both great names if you want to get into a nightclub. <laughs> Mark Kirby and Dana H. Not good names to get into a nightclub, but great ones to leave jail with. Nick McCarty. Yeah, everybody's already made the jokes about that. McCarty up. Sue Weldon, Sammy Satine and Eva Cinferella James. All these people were in a girl band. It's funny because he was a boy. Rebecca Jones, and we've got a special mention for Daryl Adams. Well, if sexy has a name, it's neither of those. Also, thanking the people who support us on Patreon, Panda Paws, Nick Andrew, Andrew Waddington and Petey Young, who are the heavy hitters when it comes to donations. We thank them most of all. Thank you so much, because you guys keep Bunga Bunga up. Patreon, get onto it, people. Natasha Critter, Frankie Lee, Norman Fox, keep an eye out for his book, Richard Wright, Mel Wielden, James Trevina, Gregory Duralis. None of these people are from Adelaide, so give them a chance. F. Carmichael. She could be from Adelaide if she wanted to, but she's not. Christy Shields, Katie, Lindley Kissick, the postie of Melbourne. I'm in love with all of those people, even though I don't know who they are. One of my favourite actors, Craig Walker and Katrina Hale. Great people in most contexts. There are a couple of contexts where you go, "Uh uh-oh, Craig, that's enough, but otherwise it's all good. Andy Zagani, Emily Short, Jeremy Kirkwood, Daniel John Spud, who is a Dalmatian, and Danny. One of those people is having sex right now. I hate you! I hate you more! Please get on to patreon.com forward slash Maynard. You just sort of clip it on. Patreon will tell you what to do. Every cent helps put this whole thing together. The more Patreon money we get, the more podcasts we do. Life doesn't work like that. If you gave the bus driver extra money, would you get to your stop sooner? I don't think so. And you might be thinking, they don't need it. But look, I'm in a wheelchair. And worse, Maynard's from Newcastle. Just think about that. Time for Tim's historical hypothetical. Hang on. Oh, no, I'm ready. I was born for this. We put Tim in a place in history and ask him, well, what would you do, smartass? <gasps> oh, you're going to like this one. No, I don't like it. I don't like it. Stop it. It's Thursday, the 7th of September, 1995. Oh, that's my favourite date. By the way, just to give you a bit of context, I started work at Foxtel that year. Silver Chair was number one in the US that particular week. Thursday, 7th of September, 1995 is the time. The place is Neuroa Atoll in the South Pacific. Oh, not a good place to be on that particular date. (laughs) 
The French detonate an atomic bomb in the first of a planned series of eight nuclear tests. The green flagship Rainbow Warrior 2, don't ask about Rainbow Warrior 1 right now, was seized by the French commandos for breaching the security zone around Muroa Atoll, and 42 civilian protesters were taken captive. The French embassy in Perth was firebombed. You are Paul Keating, Tim. What are you going to do about these French nuclear tests? I'm going to stand up and tell the French that we like the bread, but I would hit them with it. I think Australia should have gone to war against France. It would be the last thing the French were expecting, blowing up bombs in our backyard. Go to war with them. Francois Mitterrand was in charge. The All-Stars had a joke about him. A taxi driver pulls up and you say to him, is that Mitterrand? It was that bad. I really, really love the French. <laughs> Blowing up bombs just because you say you own that piece of territory. I think the French should not be forgiven. They are not our friends. They will never be our friends. Because we're still breathing the radioactivity from those bombs. Never forgive, filthy, dirty French people. Hello, everyone. What about the English at Woomera? That was actually in our country, Tim. Don't forgive the English either. Is there anyone you do like? So you would solve it by going to war. What would the first act of war be? I would find one of their boats, even a small one just owned by some guy, and <laughs> blow the shit out of it. Maroa Atoll, what are you going to do? You blow up a nuclear bomb, you say, well, that one worked, pass me another one. I know your French is almost impeccable, Tim, so you're the French guy who's found out that his dinghy's just been blown up by the Australian Air Force. What do you exclaim in French? Tim's historical hypothetical. That's 1995 solved. If you've got a year in a situation for Tim... But the main thing is, if you know someone French, go round to their house and kick them. And when they say, why'd you do that? Say, you know, and walk away. So you're French and Canadian, yes? You're obnoxious and dull. I think it's time for... Uh, Tim's right of reply. This is where Tim has put a lot of thought into what he's seen on Sky News. Tim Ferguson's right of reply to a question nobody asked. Don't expect too much. As the recent Scott Morrison Australian budget starts to fizzle very loudly, you might be thinking, why would you do that? Why would you have a Liberal government bringing about policies in a budget that are Labor Party policies. Slugging the banks with a tax, raising taxes on everybody, bringing in initiatives from Gonski and pumping up the NDIS. Why would you do this? They drug test me, I'm in a hell of a lot of trouble. Well, the Labor Party don't have to drug test anybody, they know. The thing is, you've got to think like Scott Morrison. If you wanted to be Prime Minister and you were Treasurer, what would you do? You would bring out policies that would firstly confound the Labor Party because it's their policies. Secondly, you'd bring out policies that are popular and make sense, which are most of the time Labor Party policies. But thirdly, importantly, you would start the clock ticking so that the Liberal Party works out, wait a second, Malcolm Turnbull is a centre-left politician. And that would slowly but incrementally, day by day, second by second, lead to his destruction. Morrison is not as gormlessly, gumplishly thuggish as we think. He's thinking about the best way to get rid of Malcolm Turnbull is to say, yeah, mate, oh, yeah, those Labor policies. Go for it. Do that. Because it will all backfire and end in tears. 
can we expect the next Liberal budget to be the nationalisation of the banks? Oh, they should certainly be nationalised, particularly the NAB. I own shares in all the others. Look, I'm quite puzzled. Why have they got a jazz trumpet player doing the budget? That's what I want to know. You really have to wonder, Kazoo is more endearing. That's Tim Ferguson's right reply. Don't expect too much. Tim, where can we find you in the upcoming weeks? You'll be able to find me at cheekymonkeycomedy.com. I'm going to be touring with the Doug Anthony All-Stars. We're going all around the place. Then we go to Edinburgh, then we go to London, then we come back. And then, of course, we hang around Maynard's place going, Maynard, open up. I know you're in there. I know you're in there. Bunga Bunga 36 selling the unsellable. Tim reports, Tim decides. You can find me on thenewdaily.com. I'll be wearing pants this time, I promise. Bunga Bunga. Bunga bunga, thank you, Maynard. Everybody loves you.
on maynard.com.au. AU! Bryson and Hume. Everything digital.